Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Hilford, joined by Josh Brown. Good afternoon, Scott Hilford. And no one else, Mr. James Douse has hay fever. Hope he's doing very well. Hey, how's he doing? Hey. Not very well. It's 4 p.m. <laughs> I don't know. We're doing a podcast. I'll tell you what's coming up, though, is the PlayStation State of Play and also an Xbox Bethesda showcase. So we thought we'd do a bunch of predictions, a bunch of rumors, a bunch of whatever the hell might turn up at these various events. And to first temper expectations, the um, PlayStation State of Play, they immediately got out there and said, this is only for PlayStation VR two and third parties so it's not going to be big old god of war showcase i think that'll be its own thing because that seems to be that's what they do they go hey state of play but no it's a separate thing don't worry about it it gets its own state of play where they'll do gameplay assumedly for god of war or whatever Um, and on the xbox side um it's kind of all to play for you know they've um, had starfield be delayed have redfall be delayed um and to me they have a lot of uh wins to to claw back so there's quite a lot of things to talk about we'll start with playstation stuff though um now i think i hope that we'll get some resident evil Village DLC, and the wow. reason is that we've already passed the one-year anniversary for Resident Evil Village, which blew my tiny mind. That doesn't make sense. That was on May second. It's already been out for a year, and <laughs> I know a year, and like three weeks or whatever. Um, so it's been over a year. They said DLC was coming back at E3 2021, um, and it hasn't. hasn't arrived yet. So if one of the things that is hanging over the PlayStation State of Play or hanging around Sony in general is the idea of the acquisitions, the idea that Capcom's going to be acquired, or and the idea of um, Square Enix being um, acquired as well. And why not hold off on this stuff to be like, welcome to the fold, Capcom, and also here's your Resident Evil DLC. That would be outrageous. I would love it, though, because like you said, you know, Resident Evil Village owned. They did Mm. say that DLC was going to come. Uh, Without spoiling spoiling anything, the final scene of that game does set up either a new game or some potential spin-off DLC, and then I hope it follows the thread of if we do get it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that sounds amazing. And also Capcom said that they wanted a Resident Evil every year, and we don't really have one this year. We've got that multiplayer thing, Reverse, coming out but if they that's not real if they one it's not real and two if they class that as like a main resident evil release i will lose my head you'll go um, to their offices doesn't make any sense i'm gonna one-up you on this go i'm on. gonna pull out a trump card yes my friend Do it. i not only think they have resident evil dlc which will also be psvr2 compatible by the way Ooh. but they'll also announce resident evil 4 remake alongside Resident Evil 4 for the PSVR 2. I think it's going to be a Resident Evil bonanza and we'll all love it. The thing is, like, it's that whole, like I said, it's in the small print where they're sort of like, they announce a state of play, everyone goes, oh my God, it's going to be everything that I want and they go, hey, hold your horses, it's not, it's going to be third party stuff. But, you know, if they want remotely good optics around these announcements, then yes, you can still have those big things, um, whether it is an acquisition of Capcom or whether they just tap back into something like Resident Evil. Obviously, Village was incredibly um, high selling and we would take a lot more of that. Like you said, the way that that story 
ends, either is a setup of Resident Evil 9. It's like, you know, to skirt around it, I mean, you either played for it through it at this point, or you haven't. There's a new character yes. by the end of it. Let's not go into the what happens during the majority of Village, but there is a new character by the end of it. Um, and it feels like something else could be done with them. But yeah, I mean, that reverse thing is nowhere near a stand-in for the next main installment. I would hope that they just take Resident Evil 4 as it is on the Oculus right now, yeah. and then show it running on a PSVR 2. Um, but I just, as you know, the whole thing with the Resident Evil 4 remake and like Capcom's whole you know thing about we're going to do a couple of Resident Evils or roll them out more uh, regularly, that just feels like it got completely sideswiped by um, COVID stuff. And yeah. I wonder if this is like it is in every other industry this year, just them playing catch up. Well, we know we they have a lot of stuff in development. Like you said, they mentioned mm. the DLC. We know that a next gen version of Resident Evil 3 is coming, for instance. Yeah? Yeah, that was. Do we? A, a no, you, you can't believe it. That okay. was actually uh, <laughs> and, and revealed. So like they've got a That's lot of That's the DLC, stuff. mate. That's the DLC <laughs> right there. They've got a lot of things to play, a lot of cards to play, mm. and it's just how much they drop in this state of play or whether they save some of it for a bigger kind of conference later on down the line. Mm. However, what I was mentioning there with Resident Evil 4 coming to PSVR 2 and maybe some of the DLC coming to PSVR 2, mm-hmm. I think with this state of play, we're going to see a lot of announcements and then a tagged-on trailer at the end being like, and also coming to <laughs> PSVR 2. One of my um, suggestions was that we'll see Modern Warfare 2 at mm-hmm. this um, uh, reveal thing. And we, well, we don't know, but the rumors suggest that there's going to be a PS exclusive, PSVR exclusive mode for that game. So maybe yeah. alongside the trailer they go, and we've got Call of Duty coming to PSVR 2 to build hype that way. There was something about um, the amount of business deals that Sony have done to lock down some sort of Call of Duty exclusivity for not only this year or next year, but 2024 or something as well. Um, so it seems like that's kind of going back and forward. There's also rumors um, to hop very quickly across to the Xbox side um, that the Indiana Jones game is no longer Xbox exclusive. Um, but those things are just kind of all all over the place. Like in terms of actual quotes from people, I did pull one from Jim Ryan um, and it's just about general acquisitions. Like I said, there's the Capcom stuff. There's also the Square, in- Square Enix stuff because um, we're overdue an update on um, Final Fantasy 16. That game has been mentioned by their producer um, whose name I completely forget, but saying that the game is nigh on finished, that they're just waiting to put it out. There was a whole rumor about it replacing Forspoken in their uh, rollout for the rest of the year. And there is a quote from Jim Ryan um, reported by Video Game Chronicle um, where he was speaking during a business segment briefing um, where he said in terms of future mergers and acquisitions activity we're not at all finished with our strategy of trying to grow PlayStation Studios so I wonder if he's getting out there because this is only like four or five days ago by the time people are hearing this um, if that is leading into some sort of state of play summer dominating thing it won't be because it's state of play it'll be nothing <laughs> it'll be an indie game there'll be nothing at all they'd probably but announce maybe. it like four days after the state of play in a blog you know they'd be like oh by the way we also bought Capcom we could have shown you that but it's just who was that, that outlet right. that Mark Cerny kept ringing up going like we've got new haptic stuff it was was it, was variety? it variety I think it might be no Wired it was Wired, Wired yeah that oh my god that was 2018 2019 <laughs> yeah. first mention of the PS5 was just in a Wired article <laughs> when he's talking about this is what it'll feel like to walk over mud and it's like alright Mark Cerny like, I, 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 get, I like what you do but yes. like oh my god um, but yeah the overall thing with the Square Enix stuff um, either is an update on Forspoken um, because that game isn't doing very well receptively Final Fantasy 16 would land better assumedly Forspoken is a timed PS5 exclusive Final Fantasy 16 is assumedly a full on PlayStation 5 exclusive one of them would work better than the other got a thought for you there mm. kid I reckon we see Final Fantasy 16 stuff yes at this um, state of play I keep calling it like a press conference it's not state of play like, it's, it's a live stream thing. live stream and I think we see a release date for that. I, I think mm. they lock that in with this state of play. However, I'm going to throw you a curveball. Do it. What if 
They also announced that Forspoken, because we know that's very far along, yes. uh, it just got rated, for instance, it was rated like 18, mm. I think, for violence and what have you. What if, instead of pushing it back, they actually launched that on the new PlayStation Plus service? <laughs> what if that would friend? be a way to salvage it? I mean, they did that with Destruction All Stars. Mm. Like uh, that's kind of like the weird undercurrent of a lot of Game Pass releases, or uh, assumedly what will become PlayStation Plus Premium releases. And um, which is, if a game's not that great, like if the marketing's not going that well, just put it in front of people anyway. Outriders was just like, just put it on Game Pass, just get it in front of people. They'll at least play the first couple of levels, um, and that might be the thing that turns the momentum around on Forspoken because nothing about that game's rollout has landed very well, even though they do have you know grade A talent. Like I said, Amy Hennig um, and Gary Witter, and they've got like a lot of people on that team that should make that game incredible, but just in general, it hasn't really landed very well. Um, what do you think of Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two? Because that thing has been rumored for the longest time. Um, when Integrate came out, it was like, oh, you guys gonna, aren't going to have to wait very long until the next installment. That was yeah. from Tetsuya Nomura, um, who was the creative director. He stepped back. Um, apparently, he's not going to be uh, directing uh, Part Two. But the Final Fantasy VII Remake project or the collection or however they were, the compilation of Final Fantasy VII Remake um, is an ongoing thing and it is due an update. It's been a long time. Absolutely. And I think, wasn't it just a few weeks ago that uh, someone at Square Enix, maybe in the Final Fantasy team, said, mm. like, you'll get some information on Final Fantasy VII in, like, a month's time. So that <laughs> would line up. I don't know whether they will do their own thing, mm. but even if they just have, like, a stinger for Final Fantasy VII Part Two, mm. um, just to get the hype out there, I don't don't know if they would do that while 16 is in the oven. Obviously, they're mm. very different projects, uh, but like they're still Final Fantasy titles and they don't yeah. need to necessarily fight against each other. I don't know if they'll try to market both at the same time, but uh, maybe just like an update of one of the developers kind of standing being like, don't worry, we're still working on that thing <laughs> that you want, and we will show you more once the game won 16 is shipped. Well, that's the crazy thing as well, is that in looking into Final Fantasy VII Remake, that game was meant to come to Xbox and then they just missed the release window and never updated anybody. So maybe that's going to be at the Xbox showcase instead um, because Xbox fans are still waiting to access the base version of Final Fantasy VII Remake and whether or whether, whether, or, whether or not it has the integrated stuff uh, as part of it as well. But overall, the Final Fantasy, the state of Final Fantasy could do with like something. I mean, like the, um, they had all the Battle Royale stuff, the first soldier stuff for the Final Fantasy VII mobile edition. Um, there's that weird sort of um, polygonal remake version of 7 that isn't as cinematic as the full-on remake that was on consoles. Um, all these different things that were going to be coming out, remakes of Dirge of Cerberus, all these different interstitial titles from the 2000s that were going to be getting new releases and the pixel remasters of Final Fantasy VI and the older ones. So it's all just up in the air. It's all very like Square Enix, what are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. Like we've done whole videos on this. Um, they kind of, they could do with a win. So hopefully that stuff comes together. But I guess overall, as we reel these things off, do you actually have faith in a state of play being a big deal because I my gut feeling is that like it's fun to talk about predictions and I hope they do stuff like this but considering just how weird the track record is for state of plays I, I wonder if it will just be a shareholder pleasing thing right. where you don't get very much in terms of actual excitement well because of what you've just said there I, I'm not going to put all my eggs in the basket of it being <laughs> a complete knockout but I do think they have enough potentials mm. that even if like 10% of the stuff that we've said does get shown off in the state of play mm. 
mm-hmm. it'll still be something. Like, I'm definitely going to be there for the PlayStation VR 2 stuff. Yes. That's going to get me in enough. So hopefully that manages to excite me. Yes, it's not going to be on the level of a PlayStation E3 conference mm. or one of their bigger conferences that they might do later on in the year. And I think Bethesda and Microsoft have the edge when it comes to that. But I, 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 I do have hope, Scott Tillman, <laughs> that it will be noteworthy. It won't be a knockout, but it will be noteworthy. Yeah, one of the things, um, this is pulling from a good few years ago, was the idea of Half-Life Alex coming to PSVR. But the um, the whole underlying thing with that was that the tech just wouldn't be able to be capable of doing it. If the um, specs of the PlayStation VR 2 as as is has, has been released, uh, or revealed on the PlayStation blog, assumedly they would now have enough uh, finger-specific controllers to actually mimic what a Vive can do. And well, maybe Half-Life Alex appears on the PSVR 2. This was one of my predictions, actually. Mm. If, we're, if we're talking PSVR 2 stuff especially, I think we get a lineup of Half-Life Alex. I think we get the new chapter of the Walking Dead Sins and Sinners game. Ooh. I think we get to see more of the Horizon VR game yes. that is in development. And I think we might even get something from Killzone or Resistance <laughs> or something. I think it's that franchi- if one of those shooter franchises comes back, it's Whoa. in VR form. I think if the Modern Warfare 2 thing is real, you stay the hell away from that because they'll right, bury okay. it. <laughs> like if it's if Call of Duty has gone VR and it's done well, then there is no way you can even begin to compete with Killzone. Hey, I mean the thing is, though, you never know. Like, I'm sure. I do. I no, do no, no, know no. it's Killzone. Listen, hear me out. If we're talking pure, like, console games, aye, no chance, no chance. Call of Duty wins every time. <laughs> but if we're talking something specifically built for PSVR, mm. like... Don't tell me that a side mode for a Call of Duty game that already has thousands of developers working on it is going to necessarily be better than something built from the ground up with PSVR 2 in mind that is solely for that thing. That is not a side project. Mm. That is like a main project by a team. I reckon, you know, with that in mind... They could go head-to-head, maybe. I would hope so. One of the things that I want them to show off, if we, because assumedly PSVR 2 will be a big part of this uh, stream, it's also worth saying that the entire showcase is only half an hour long. Yeah. So, like, there's not... They're either going to have to absolutely ram it with stuff um, and just go, like, trailer to trailer to trailer. Um, but at the same time, if they're going to be showing off what the PSVR 2 can do, then I would say that needs a decent chunk of time anyway to show off what the new controllers can do and whatever new tracking uh, modes or whatever the um, the system, the, the headset has, and stuff like that. And that's going to need some sort of, like you said, like built first party type thing for it and they've said it's not third party stuff unless they're going to roll that in I guess with the, the reveal of the PlayStation VR 2 um, I just hope that they have something that wows us I feel like State of Play like Nintendo Directs have a nice reputation where you go in not expecting anything because it's Nintendo and they just do their own thing and whatever but 9 times out of 10 you come out of a Direct going like oh my god that's really cool oh my god they're bringing back whatever or oh my god there's a 3D Kirby game or whatever <laughs> it is and there's cool stuff there whereas I feel like State of Play um, because PlayStation's expectations are so much bigger and they're usually so reliable they were across the um, eighth generation that there's more expectation there that they undercut every time so that's not all i've got for playstation other than they mentioned third party stuff so i would assume because stray is penciled in for the summer that we get a gameplay thing for that because i didn't realize that stray is actually being published sorry being uh, developed by annapurna um, I thought it was like something to do with one of Sony's in-house teams, and Little Devil Inside is being developed by NeoStream, so they can they are third-party releases, even though they were unveiled alongside the PlayStation Five. Yeah, totally. I, mean, I want the cat game. <laughs> you do want the cat game. I think they'll have some indies in there. I mean, mm. it's a state of play. 
they they always have some indies in there. And like you said, these both of those games are long overdue mm. a check-in to see what the status is, if they're coming out this year, mm-hmm. if they're getting pushed to 2023. So I know that would please you. I want Little Devil Inside. That was one of my most like anticipated games when it first got shown off. And then apparently it was like in development hell and it got pushed back and whatever. I remember Horrible. your poor face when you were like, <laughs> we're in the month it's supposed to come out. Yeah. We've heard nothing Not about it. Not a single <laughs> update. And then like Sony, apparently someone knocked on enough windows that Jim Ryan looked up and went, oh, right, yep, sure, got you. And then he put it in the next E3 thing or whatever it was, right. doing an update. And they just sort of like re-showed the footage and said, yeah, it's still coming. Don't worry. And the guy who was the head of NeoStream hasn't run away with the money. It will be coming out. And that's all we've had. So like, it was weird because that game was announced alongside the PlayStation 5. It was very close to when it was first talked about. And I just want that game. It looked so charming. It looked like a really cool action adventure type thing with a heart and an old man reminiscing on his when he was young adventure and all that kind of stuff. That thing uh, seems cool. The last thing I've got down, which is complete banana sandwich, is the Bloodborne remaster, remake, <laughs> whatever it is, because everybody fell for that stupid tweet last night. But what if part of it's real? I'm still raw from it. It's what if they look stings. at that and that's what propels it to actually get announced this time? Maybe, maybe. How hard is it to just put a 60 frames a second <laughs> patch into a game? I don't know, mate. They need to do something with Bloodborne, please, because they've oh. been teasing me for years. Like, get like a studio on that to remaster. Just re- you don't even have to remake it. Just remaster. Just f- free up the frame rate. <laughs> How hard is it? Like, hey, I, I do have one other big curveball yes. for you that might come towards the end, uh-huh. and we've talked about it for literally. years years now but what if this is finally the time for silent hill we've got the big leak from last month you know we know it's real we know blue team is kicking around we do doing their stuff we mm-hmm. know that there might be a remake uh, of two in production uh, and just the fact that that stuff leaked makes makes me think uh, why not show it off now it's then? true I mean that, that would be like sort of the, the grand return of Konami to the game space like they've not really had any wins in like going on seven eight years like it's been a long time all the Phantom Pain stuff was obviously like dragged their name through the muck and everything and yeah I mean like I would I would welcome the Silent Hill stuff but again it's a half an hour showcase and I'd wonder how much like Silent Hill might get its own state of play if, if all the rumours of it being uh, Sony exclusive or timed exclusive or true yeah. then it kind of deserves that platform I, I would agree but what if they say <laughs> Silent Hill is coming and also there's a version of it for PSVR 2 I <laughs> would pre-order that thing in a heartbeat You'd I would pre-order sell my anything, soul any PSVR like, demo thing it could be it makes no sense at all Hot Shots Golf is coming true. to PSVR 2 I would totally I would. take it like No Man's Sky but um, yeah I think that um, I would love Silent Hill I would love something like that on that level to sort of um, come in and you know blow everything away like you know one more announcement before the end or whatever they've just not done that the precedent for state of place has been like you're waiting for that and one more thing and they go thanks for watching guys we'll catch you next time and it just ends all flat um technically they could do death stranding 2 because kojima is not a first party studio so that rumor that whole thing that norman reedus was talking about he was caught talking about death stranding and he said oh yeah this, we've just wrapped uh, bits and pieces on the second one and um, i forgot what the uh, who the interview was with but kojima then tweeted out you know back to your room hmm. uh, norman san or reedus san or whatever um it seems like that game is obviously pretty far in development or whatever they're yeah. doing um with the director's cut coming out uh, last year and everything and yeah kojima is not a first party studio even though it feels like he is what makes me excited for everything we've mentioned now mm. right is that all of it or well, most 
most of it isn't out the realm of possibility, right? So no. even if they have a 30-minute state of play this week, and it's all right, it's so-so, it's fine, uh, it gives me confidence that if when September comes around, August mm. comes around, and they do a proper presentation, they will have stuff to show off. They will have Death Stranding 2. They will mm. have Silent Hill. They will have all of these sequels, all of these projects in the works to finally show off. That's <laughs> the dream. And if they don't, well, I'm just going to write this year off. Well, I mean, fair. they've got... The thing is, like, because they've said PSVR 2 third-party stuff, and assumedly that means they still won't be addressing the fact they have a whole PlayStation monthly service coming, um, which they just seem to just be ignoring for the most part. I guess it'll get its own uh, trailer thing at some point. But that will be something to address, whether they sort of roll in the third-party stuff because they go, well, we've done deals with Square Enix and Namco and whoever, and we're bringing those catalogs onto the PlayStation Premium service because after people counted up the amount of titles on the uh, Asian territories, there are still hundreds of PlayStation 1 games, PS2 games, whatever, um, that don't fit the initial number that was announced. So it seems like more stuff is going to be announced for Western territories, but we haven't got there yet. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, To switch gears, though, to the Xbox and Bethesda showcase, let me roll down the corner street to you. (laughs) The idea of the GoldenEye remake finally coming out and being played to death across the summer. Xbox needs a win. This GoldenEye's trademark was um, was re-updated back in March this year. The near full build of the game leaked in February. It's out there. It's real. The achievements were confirmed, and Xbox just haven't released it. This is the thing, Scott. Where's right? Golden uh, Eye, there, there is there, there have been so many rumors and leaks that we've covered over the years. You know, <laughs> um, the Damien Wayne Arkham game. <laughs> Silent Hill Arkham game. Insurgency, you might say. Arkham Insurgency. And by far, my most hated one is the remaster of GoldenEye. <laughs> I am sick 
to my back teeth of hearing about this. Just drop it or don't, man. Fallout like, 4 was a big one. That was like every other day. It was like, is another Fallout 4 thing, guys? <laughs> Fallout 5 know. was a big one, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I had Fallout 5 down on here initially because the the thing, that because it's called the Xbox and Bethesda Showcase, I like yeah. that they're distinguishing um, Bethesda's body of titles and obviously they acquired so many different titles and IP, whatever, when they got Bethesda. Um, but because of that, I was just thinking, what could they do that would, you know, get social media going, get whatever? Um, and I do think that in the current era just doing a logo reveal isn't cool anymore um, it was for a little time like Metroid Prime 4 Elder Scrolls 6 whatever um, but I did wonder would they do a Fallout 5 logo because Fallout 4 was 2015 and maybe Bethesda need a win Listen, considering Starfield's been delayed if if they are making Fallout 5 mm. I will lose all respect for them the really? respect that I have left if they announce it now because to me it's just stringing mm. fans along like I already feel like it was a big big mistake announcing yeah. the Elder Scrolls 6 like that game no, totally. came out for years you know they're just finishing up on Starfield that's yeah. been delayed until next year we're not going to get Elder Scrolls 6 until like 2027 at the latest, well, they only the did the Scroll Six thing because it was—I'm sure it was the year that Fallout Seventy Six was yeah. falling apart. So again, they needed a win, and um, there was that whole thing about Starfield being delayed because um, it, it just needed to be a higher standard, or they needed more time on the development, or whatever. Reading between the lines, that just felt like it was going to be a Bethesda release, and we can't do that again because yeah. now we are the tip of the spear for the Xbox stuff. So it needs to be better. What would um, get me excited though is if they did announce Fallout Five, but it was mm. developed by anybody else. Obsidian it was developed by Obsidian. I would absolutely take that. Give because- Fall out to Obsidian. Yep, give it to Obsidian, have it be turned around a little bit quicker so we're not waiting until after they finish mm. the Elder Scrolls uh, and hopefully get like the, the spiritual success at a New Vegas 2 <laughs> that we all want. Like That would be awesome. I would, uh, oh man. That I would. stuff has been talked about, obviously, because now Obsidian and Bethesda and the IP rights and everything else are all under the same roof. That was talked about, the idea of a New Vegas 2 or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, coming true, now I only put Fallout 5 down as a banter pick. The actual thing that I, I do think they could do the Golden I think. Yeah. I just don't see why you don't do that. It just feels like it's been sitting there for most of this year. And maybe they've just been waiting for the infrastructure around gaming to reach a certain point um, that they can uh, release it. Which leads me into my next thing. Um, this is an exclusive from Windows Central um, who revealed that one of the things that assumedly will be revealed at the showcase, but is real regardless, is codenamed the Keystone, mm-hmm. which is a great name for a piece of kit, um, even though it's only the codename, um, which is a USB dongle that you plug into your TV that can stream Game Pass. And you just connect a controller to it um, so it's a video game playing device, but it doesn't have the console, which is kind of what the PlayStation TV was. Say, it's yeah. kind of what Google Stadia was. Um, it's their version of that same idea, but assumedly done better because they have the inbuilt stats around uh, Game Pass. Hey, you do you. If you want to release that jungle, <laughs> cool. That would be one of the things where I go to get some snacks. <laughs> well, so a Microsoft spokesperson was asked about this because Windows Central slash Jez Corden, the guy that wrote it up, um, you know, revealed the whole thing, Keystone, and they had some, um, some in-progress um, concept art and stuff for it. Uh, reached out to uh, Microsoft and a spokesperson said, yes, we've been working on a game streaming device codenamed Keystone that could be connected to any TV or monitor without the need for a console. So it would be a streaming system. It wouldn't have a hard drive by the sounds of it. Um, which I repel all idea of game streaming, so it's definitely not for me either. However, when I have used xCloud, when I have played Halo, like Master Chief Collection or Halo Infinite um, streaming, it does work. Like the way that they do their, um, the packet transmission stuff where you're connecting straight to the server and it's like, it, it feels like you, sometimes your responses are ahead of the video feed, but at least it feels responsive in terms of the tactility of the buttons you're pushing. Yeah. That stuff works. Um, it is just that sort of overall thing of game streaming not 
being a thing, like Absolutely. not really ever really you know, clicking. Like for me, it's going to live or die on the pricing because mm. relative in comparison to other video game consoles, but the Xbox Series X, uh, S, sorry, yes. is already like relatively cheap in comparison yep. to the other consoles on the market. You know, that's a good point of entry. Mm. So it would have to be like a really nice, cheap option that makes it, um, you know, tantalizing in comparison to the already pretty good value I mean, for money S. You're paying for a video stream, essentially. Like, yeah. it's, you know, you, like that was the whole thing that Stadia sort of stumbled around on was you needed the uh, the Chromecast thing before you could actually stream Stadia to your TV. And it's that would just be an interesting price to put on it because you're going to start paying the monthly fee and Microsoft already have a bunch of different um, pricing options for the series systems that you can just pay for the monthly or whatever. So I wonder, like, in terms of the Keystone thing, they just go, you, it's not going to be free, I guess, but, like, maybe some version of it just gets it in front of people. But but yeah, they still seem um, adamant about chasing the living room, the whole the whole video games in the living room thing, which is what they tried to do back in 2013 or whatever it was when they announced the Xbox One, and we all went, what the living hell is this? Um, and it didn't really work. But that thing is real, regardless of whether or not it's at the um, Xbox Showcase. The Xbox and Bethesda Showcase, I think, is 45 minutes long, so they have a, a bit longer to do stuff with. Um, but overall, I think, um, I just kind of wrote down like a general game update thing, because a lot of their games are all over the place. There was a thing this morning that we were going to do a video on, which we might still do it later in the week, um, about the state of Fable. They've like been rebooting Fable. It's been given to Playground Games, who are known for the Forza series. However, the most obvious thing has happened, and there's insider report that came from the Xbox news a newscast podcast, and um, with one of their hosts saying that according to their sources, the game is struggling to work on Forza's game engine, <laughs> and they were saying they have um, Playground are struggling because they don't have much experience in RPGs, and they're still hiring for directorial positions to help bring the whole thing together. Now, that was announced two years ago. Like that was when the Series X was announced. We got a CG trailer for it. We're going to reboot Fable. We're going to give it to the Playground guys. Because um, Playground are based, I think, in Sheffield, but I could be wrong. But they are yeah, UK-based yeah. anyway. Um, and it seems like, you know, they would be a good sort of English-based team to take the Peter Molyneux, Lionhead-style humor and do a Fable. But the, that's the most obvious thing that could have happened. Like, you give it to a bunch of racing team devs, they're going to struggle making an RPG work on a racing game engine. Totally. But I wouldn't write it off mm. entirely yet, Scott, because Playground Games, although obviously not used to creating, mm. uh, you know, open-world third-person RPGs, mm. have smashed out the park with the Forza Horizon series. True. They've done that incredibly reliably. And yes, it's going to take time. Yes, we're probably not going to see anything from Fable anytime <laughs> soon. But I just hope that it's worth the wait. Because like you said, you know, this was announced a few years ago. Mm. It was rumored and leaked, like, even before then. Oh, ages was ago. One of the worst kept secrets for a while that Playground was working on this. So it's been in development for, like, four years already. And it could well, be another, you know, two or three going off this uh, report. Yeah, so one of the, the final parts of this report said that the overall game scope has been altered and drastically reduced to try and hit some sort of reasonable release um, so I just, I kind of wonder if they do an update on that, because if you take a, a wider satellite view at what Xbox stuff do we have to look forward to, for this year, obviously it was Starfield and Redfall, and those are the two things for next year. You can add on Hellblade 2, you can add on Avowed, kind of, but I feel like overall, they they almost all need updates. Yeah. Um, I also threw in here Wolfenstein 3, because that was one of the most obvious things that was always going to happen, and yet it hasn't been announced yet. Um, they did Wolfenstein Youngblood um, for Machine Games, even though Wolfenstein 2 ends on a massive cliffhanger, goes straight 
straight into the third part of the trilogy. But now that the acquisitions happened, you could roll that in as part of the Xbox conference. I just think they have a lot of updates to do. Um, the last one in this regard is the Perfect Dark stuff, um, because Perfect Dark, according to a um, report, and I forget who by now, <laughs> I just wrote down Development Hell. Um, you just go get, go get your Google on Perfect Dark Development Hell. Um, there was an insider report talking to various developers, revealing that many members of the team, including um, design leads, have fled the project. Apparently, they yes. couldn't get on with the way that the overall structure was coming together, um, and they were more used to working autonomously, and they didn't want to answer to the, the structure that they had set up in New Development Studio, the initiative. Um, this resulted in them bringing in Crystal Dynamics to apparently get the game over the finish line, but the first trailer was back at the Game Awards 2020, and it's another thing that we've just sat on for two years. So... I don't know. Like, people could do with stuff, Xbox stuff. We certainly could. And remember, Let us know. like, Perfect Dark was supposed to be the first quadruple A. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, a, it's got a high bar ah. that it's set for itself. Just the ah game. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think you're totally right. You know, when obviously the big acquisitions started to happen, especially mm. with Bethesda, I feel like last E3, especially, was Microsoft just going, like, look, what projects do we have? Let's announce <laughs> them all. Let's announce Avowed. Let's announce The Outer Worlds 2. We don't care if, like, it's going to take four years to do one, mm. then another four years to do the other. Just mm-hmm. get our roadmap out. But getting the roadmap out there is different to delivering on that roadmap, you know? And it's the same issue that I, I have with Bethesda announcing the Elder Scrolls 6. It's all well and good, us knowing that these games are coming, but it's something else entirely when you mm. have to wait like five, six, seven years for it to become a reality. And yeah. it, it builds expectations that we're going to see them sooner than we are. Like, we're not going to go into this conference, in my opinion, and see both Avowed and the Outer Worlds too, because you right. know the same team is working on the both. Like they can only focus on one at a time. And it's True. cool to know that they're coming, but it, it it throws our expectations in the air because we expect everything. We expect all of these games to get updates when they're probably not, and that is a shame. I just you know? don't like. I just I said this when we did the um, the news this morning about the God of War release date and the the general way that, like I said, Sony have handled their PlayStation Premium stuff, or the way they've handled uh, God of War Ragnarok, where we're getting an update from Corey Barlog on a web cam as opposed to a proper video or something like that. And on the Xbox side, like as someone who has grown up with Xbox and followed it for this long, it is this this background thing where I just I can't believe they haven't sorted this yet. Like we had this entire like we had all of this across the entire last generation where we got like two or three games that we even talked about, like Sensor Overdrive, Sea of Thieves, Gears. Like there was so few and far between, and I was like, oh man, they're gonna come flying out the gates on this generation. And as this as the years roll on, and I get it, it's COVID, but even before COVID, it's not like they fired out the gates going all these release dates are set in stone. Yeah, they just seem to be kind of floundering and the proof in the pudding uh, the smoking gun or whatever was the way Halo Infinite rolled out where they realized a month before launch that it wasn't ready and I was like how are you not how do you not know like yeah I don't know there's just a side of it where I absolutely love the idea managerial wise of letting these teams be autonomous but you need some sort of vision for Xbox that isn't just throwing stuff in a bucket and hoping for the best. Totally. I, I, I fully agree. I just don't know what, like, they could... You know, go back to the announcements very mm. briefly. Like, I don't know what else they would have even in the chamber. Like, maybe they would have the Gears Master Chief style collection of there is, that is mentioned masters. Well, yeah. yeah, stuff like that. But everything else, yeah, we're just sort of waiting to see how they turn out, mm. whether or not they're going to be on on target, you know, like Fable, or whether it's going to be an issue like Halo Infinite, where they get to Fable's release date and go, actually, we probably need more time in the oven. Let's let's send it back. Let's get Joseph Staten in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how many times that has happened in these studios, but it's it's mm. a very similar story when you look into the reports about Perfect Dark and you look into the reports about Halo Infinite. Mm. Uh, you know, these creatives coming and going, your struggles with the teams and what mm. have you. And yeah, like it's 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 a utopia to get all of these developers working 
working autonomously and not having, you know, a real firm kind of creative mandate. But at mm. the same time, like you said there, there needs to be something in place to make sure these teams aren't imploding or falling apart. Yeah, and it's like, that's the thing. Like, you had the first quadruple A game, which is going to be nowhere near that now. Like, mm-hmm. if it even comes out at all, by the sounds of it. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's that general feeling of, you know, you look at the way the 360 rolled out, one of the greatest console runs in gaming history. That thing just went strength to strength to strength. And I get that we lived in a different um, time in terms of uh, media and exposure to the way that these dev cycles were. And maybe if we knew the realities of how those games were coming together, it would just be maybe the same thing. Um, But I just think it's fascinating looking at the way that people have a lot of love for Xbox and love for Bethesda. And I'm going into these things going, okay, what have you guys got? Like looking for things that are going to be worth talking about on the other side of it. Um, But kind of part of me is just kind of just thinking, maybe don't actually have anything ready yet. And that's yeah. kind of just weirdly up in the air. It's yeah. it's going to be interesting to see if anything gets firm release dates. Mm. Uh, I think, you know, they have a pretty barren rest of the year and then True. they've got Starfield and Redfall presumably early next year when is Hellblade coming you know yeah. when is Avowed coming when is Perfect Dark coming you know <laughs> uh, once they start putting dates on those things then I can start getting properly excited mm. for them do you think as well because there was that whole viral thing around Game Pass that do they stay away from Game Pass stats or do they do something in the showcase going like well we've got all these players and people completion stats and new genre stats and don't worry guys all these games are coming to Game Pass yeah. and just tag on as many monthly idea things as they can. Absolutely, man. You know, even if Game Pass doesn't reveal its numbers all that often, like, they're fully on it they will mm. they will definitely double down on game pass stuff i think especially if we've got that um keystone you know yeah, yeah, yeah. coming like that's obviously a way to get game pass in households mm-hmm. they double down on game pass 100 i want some sort of new because another thing uh, that was rumored was uh, called halo the endless but that was just some random image that was there's loads of leaks doing the rounds right now loads of like off cam slightly from the left shots of stuff it's all blurry as if someone's ran past a screen and taken a shot um, and none of those things will be uh, are obviously real um, but there is the idea of the next main installment of Halo or just what do they do with Halo because Halo Infinite, Halo Infinite's campaign was in itself very thrown together. Like it was just this big open world with, you know, very arbitrary things to do in that open world and then very little else. And the multiplayer has been really threadbare. We had a couple of new maps in like a year um, and it just feels very like tossed together. But I think that... I wonder how they play those cards. Like, do they lean on stuff that is bankable or is it about time that you do a new Microsoft Game Studios game and that's the new face of Xbox? That's the new thing that leads you into this next generation. Because the old stuff, like Gears, Fable, whatever, they're fine, but they're not... They're not, like, turning heads or whatever. I would love something new. I would love yeah. it if they have, like, a secret IP that they've been working on <laughs> for all of this time, and it comes out, and it's something that will compete directly with Gears, with um, Halo, and what have you. Like, give us, like you said, a new face for a new generation, mm-hmm. because at the moment in time, yeah, we're, we're looking at legacy stuff. We're looking at sequels to games that we liked for third parties, like The Outer Worlds 2, yeah. like Hellblade 2, and what have you. Where's the new kind of homegrown thing. It's mm-hmm. all well and good buying stuff that will definitely net them a lot of fans and a lot of money but you want that nugget of uh, creativity at the heart of it. To bring this back, um, we didn't actually talk about the GoldenEye stuff that much but what do you think of that IP? Like that like that talking point? Because that is in itself 
ancient. Well, this is what I mean, man. This is like, like I alluded to earlier. You know, <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I, like it means nothing to me. Mm. It means nothing so. Me. It means nothing to me. <laughs> uh, like it's, it's, it's before my time. Because I just a I, legacy to it, but yeah. it doesn't get me excited. I'm not going to buy an Xbox for the Golden. No, that's the thing. Would you buy a Keystone for it though? That's the thing. Like if they, right. if Golden comes out, they bank on the idea that Goldeneye has this massive cultural cachet. It's one of the most referred to first-person shooters of all time. One of the most popular, like, team deathmatch modes in gaming history. And if they do a Top Gun Maverick, where all of a sudden it appeals to multiple age brackets all at once and you have, either you already have the system, the Series S, or you just get a keystone and you can just plug it into your TV and have a few rounds of, ga- uh, of Goldeneye and it's on Game Pass, then that's a really fun summer thing. I think that gives them a win, um, but it's still rooted in the past. I think that it's yeah. still a lot of older gamers going, oh, back in my day, it was Goldeneye. It was great. And like that's just fun. I just feel like for me, Goldeneye, you know, if you read into the whole development history of this remake, it's been ready since like 2008 or something. It's just about time that stuff came out. And I think they could do with a multiplayer, easy access win because um, Halo Infinite isn't really that, even though it should be. It's funny that like Xbox has been doing this for two generations mm-hmm. now. And by this, I mean relying on legacy titles, you know, whether it's Goldeneye or whether it's a Killer Instinct that they brought out. <laughs> it doesn't matter how big or small, they will rely on that old IP. And yes, yeah, sometimes mm-hmm. they do something really interesting with it. It's just kind of dawned on me there that this has been their game plan for a long time and yeah. it's kind of worked for them. Uh, but I wonder how long it holds out because eventually you're going to, like mine all of that stuff dry surely like like who is going to be all in on Goldeneye you know in 2022 <laughs> yes it will definitely definitely appeal to some people it will be a win in a form mm. but surely there's more potential in like growing something new I, I, I don't know but also as well you couldn't make a Goldeneye that plays better than Halo Infinite does or plays yeah. better than Call of Duty is plus there's like two generations that won't even know who Pierce Brosnan is <laughs> let, oh, no. let, let alone <laughs> wanting to play it over something else that they're already getting stuck into but yeah there are interesting times ahead and um, both PlayStation's to play and the Xbox and Bethesda Showcase are coming in the next sort of month or so and we'll just see what happens. There's hopefully enough stuff announced across the summer or things that are announced that can fill in for the rest of 2022. It's all up in the air. Certainly it is. It certainly is. Now that this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast, I've been your host Scott Hilford, joined by Josh Brown. Always a pleasure, Scott Hilford. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.